0: You're Locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I'm Danny Lou, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. The regular season is now over, and unlike for so many other years in franchise history, not obviously recent years, this is not the end of the road. The Warriors are been looking forward to the playoffs for a while. They won 109-94 against the Los Angeles Lakers, finishing with a season record of 67-15. and I'll go through a couple of the season stats that stuck out to me a little bit later, but I want to talk about this game a little bit. And to me, the biggest takeaway, those of you who listen to the show know that I focus more on kind of how things happen as opposed to what the stats and what the numbers are. And the most important takeaway from this game was that Kevin Durant looked more like himself. The stats did bear that out. He had 29 points In 27 minutes, 11 to 16 from the field, and an important five of seven from three. As many of you know, he was zero for nine before tonight. And the most important, the reason why it was significant for me, is that he did it in a variety of ways. Beyond the fact that his jump shot was actually going in when it wasn't before his first three was actually a pull up it was a pretty much a walk up 3 and then some of his other ones were this were a mix of it it was some catch and shoot with some kind of like some a little bit of a kind of a variant of a catch and shoot where he's not set when the ball comes to him but he's kind of wa- a walk up and shoot and you know a couple of pull ups he also had some deep 2 pull ups and a varied offense is an important part for Kevin Durant of just where this is going he's a little bit different from clay in that way and yeah clay's gotten a lot better as a varied scorer but kevin durant is the most versatile offensive player in the league he might not be as dominant in the ways that that he is as stephen curry but he he can fill that role and tonight was the first time that his overall repertoire looked more like what we saw before his injury and he is not all the way back his defense was also better but you know you saw a little bit of a little bit of hesitance a little bit of you know rust rust and just not being all the way back there but this was far closer than it has been before and it's not like the Warriors needed that to win this game but it's certainly helps ease their minds heading into what will be a challenging first round series against the Portland Trailblazers. The other player that I thought really stood out in terms of, you know, in terms of effort and everything else was James Michael McAdoo. McAdoo, played as the starting power forward because they, well, Patchouli only played 12 minutes, but they started Patchouli there. And McAdoo played mostly, from what I remember, he mostly played power forward. And he didn't, you know, he didn't have a dominant line, but he played with a lot of energy. And I always have it as a base assumption this year that McAdoo will play more than I think he should. But you can... At moments especially in this game was active had two nice blocks also which is just kind of in passing lanes the Lakers are not exactly the most judicious with the ball ended up with four steals and in a game like this that's really enough and I thought McAdoo certainly should kind of showed why the coaching staff likes having him on the floor and considering they were sitting Draymond Green sitting Andre Iguodala, and Matt Barnes is still dealing with his foot issue it made sense that he kind of got the lion's share of that spot Especially because they didn't want to give as much work to some of the other guys, David West being the most obvious of that group. And that ties in with the other player I wanted to talk a little bit about, which was Damian Jones. Damian Jones has spent a while in the D League. He was actually the D League Player of the Month. I believe it was last month, I think it was for March, and has done a nice job down there, but has not really shown that much in his very, 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 very limited time with the big club. And He showed more in this game, both in the second quarter and then in the fourth, than I had seen before in a couple of different ways. One, athletically, he looked more together than he did early on. And with young players in particular, sometimes it gets hard to separate what part is physical and what part is mental, just because a lot of it is reaction and experience, so I can't tell you for sure that he was more agile, or that he was faster, or that he was moving better, though I think he was, and how much of it was just that he has so many more reps now, because of his time spent with the Santa Cruz Warriors, but I think both of those run together, and for those of you who want a little bit more on Jones, I did I think it was back in January, I sat down with him for 15 minutes, it's a lockdown Warriors from a while back, it was a really enjoyable to get to know him a little bit as a person, and you know to see, to see all that, he is probably not going to be a major factor in the playoff run, especially considering is probably going to get marginalized, and McAdoo is certainly ahead of Damian Jones in the rotation, but it was good to see him do well, and the Lakers you know, they're, they're certainly not a, a great team, but they're big men that played in this game. You know, they're, they're competitive. Tariq Black, Julius Randall, Larry Nance, and Thomas Robinson, you know, he's probably the weakest of those four, but you know, all, all four of those guys are legitimate NBA players in, in some way, shape, or form. And three of them are going to be member, key members of an NBA rotation next year, probably still the Lakers rotation, but still they'll be there. And I thought that, he did a respectable job against whoever they put whoever they put him in front of and that is a significant piece of progress for a young player who has not had that sort of a challenge. Patrick McCaw also had a nice game offensively, was in the mix defensively as well, which you would expect against the Lakers because McCaw is so active in passing lanes and just kind of being in the middle of things. One play that stood out was a really nice one where he kind of tracked Brandon Ingram and then got a nice shot contest on him, and Ingram missed the uh, layup, kind of layup, runner kind of in, in that range it's hard to hard to define when it's a little bit outside of like 5 feet and that was a nice play and McCaw was giving up significant size to Ingram because Ingram's Ingram's a long guy he's a lot closer to Durant in that way than McCaw and it helps to see him competitive in those circumstances because while we got to see it more this season than I think most of us ever expected the nature of McCaw's situation by being on a team with Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson, is that the Warriors' ideal for him is to play at least some small forward if he's going to be a significant part of the rotation because he will, you know, as long as they're both on the team and healthy, he will be behind the two Splash Brothers in the rotation. So the more minutes he can play next to them, the more minutes it can work. And the Warriors have experience using a smaller, thinner guy next to those two because Sean Livingston has done it. And Livingston is you know, they're they're not that different in body type Livingston and Macaw. And that's something to watch moving forward because we don't know exactly what Kevin Durant's gonna do, what Andre Guadal is gonna do, but that possibility is very important and I thought he competed well in this game and overall he has done well in that and he's gonna get a lot stronger I would have to expect over the summer over the offseason with not only that expectation but just the the nature of you know getting a real offseason because the first the first year in the NBA is really a grind I remember Clay talking about that a lot his rookie year about just how long the NBA regular season is for these college kids because in college you play twice a week and no more than that. And, you know, it's. I think it's about 40 games in the college season. The NBA one is not only longer in terms of the months, but so much longer in terms of the frequency of games. So, want to see how McCaw and Damian Jones handle that transition moving forward. Also, Steph Curry had a nice game, eight of 17, or sorry, six of 17 from the field, five of 14 from three, 23s. Clay Thompson actually, because he only made one, he missed out on what would have been. An impressive stat because he ended up one behind Ray Allen, what was the record for for a little while in terms of made threes. So now only five instead of six of the the top NBA made three pointer seasons of all time are those two guys still incredibly impressive. But, you know, it would have been kind of cool. So Curry ends the season, the regular season still 10th all time in made threes, which is insane considering he is still, you know, on his second contract, still hasn't turned 30 yet and is still a little bit behind Joe Johnson. He's going to roll up that list. And I haven't published it mostly because I want to run some more numbers and consider some more guys. But I built because basketball reference doesn't have this functionality. I I'm I built a, a spreadsheet of the most combined regular season and playoff threes and depending on how the warriors go and how curry curry shoots he could rocket up that list over the course of of the playoffs just because he can push the margin over a lot of the other guys in his range especially because many of them are retired and a lot of them have smaller roles so i will probably provide an update on that at some point in the indeterminate future i also want to do updates on Curry shooting stuff and the Duran as a scorer, those kind of ideas. I think those would both be worthwhile endeavors to do. At some point in the future, we'll see when that timing exists because now we have the playoffs and the Warriors will face, as we all know, they'll face the Portland Trailblazers. And the series timing I thought was fascinating because they're starting it on Sunday and then they play Wednesday. So that's in a that's a a significant gap. You have two full days without travel. Then they don't play again until Saturday. And while many people are justifiably focusing on that being more time for Yusuf Nurkic, Portland's talented center who is recovering from a non-displaced fracture in his leg, it also is significant for Kevin Durant. Because Durant, they don't have to push it too hard. They get Kerr was very happy that they get two practices and an off day before their first game, and they'll they'll be able if they want to, they'll be able to get practices in basically every time. The only real tight turnarounds they have are the later part of the series: Saturday to Monday, Monday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Friday, Friday to Sunday. We'll see how far it goes into those TBD games because you know the series could be over quickly. We don't really know yet, so. I think that schedule overall is pretty favorable for them, especially the early part being slow. Sure, Portland has reason to be happy about that as well, but the more talented team broadly and the older team, because the Blazers are play a lot of young guys, I would generally say that the slower schedule early is favorable for them. And then you know, if it gets into a five, six, seven, then then maybe Portland getting those quick turnarounds could be a little bit helpful for them. But I don't, I don't know if that's if that's really going to come into it too much one of my other kind of favorite stats for this season and it was something actually that nate duncan predicted on on dunked on was that while the warriors 67 and 15 record was worse than last year this was actually the warriors best season in terms of point differential in franchise history but more importantly of these three seasons their plus 11.63 is fourth all time Behind the 71-72 Lakers, the 70-71 Bucks, and then the 95-96 Bulls, all of them were a little bit over plus 12 and the warriors were plus 11.63 incredibly impressive i do not yet because i don't th- i think it that processes overnight do not have in terms of net rating cuz what net rating does is it calibrates for pace and things like that yeah i it'll be interesting to see if they end up in the same spot the warriors ended first in defense and second or sorry first in offense and second in defense which is I think a parallel to last year, if memory serves, I think they were second or third in defense last year. Of course, I will look that up at some point in the indeterminate future. That point is not right now. And the other thing that I looked up because it was, I just kind of was thinking about the idea of being impressed with everything that's going on and appreciating this all for what it is, is that the Warriors, I was thinking about, oh, well, when was the last time they made the playoffs five years in a row? And the answer to that question is, the last time they made the playoffs five years in a row was the sixth year of the franchise. The the Warriors actually made it their first six years, all of which were in Philadelphia. And uh, the first couple of those were actually not in the NBA. It was in the BAA before everything happened there, but it still counts. So first time since moving to san francisco in 62 that the warriors have ever made the playoffs five consecutive years they actually had never made it four consecutive times in the bay area before last year which is something i wish i had pointed out beforehand but it's it's a sign of just really where this is going and also thinking about that years and years ago not even years and years ago like 10 years ago, making the playoffs was such an accomplishment that we believe team won a playoff series, but they also, you know, making it in was a big deal. Now the Warriors making it in, you know, this is an afterthought. I'm not breathlessly saying, oh my God, the Warriors are in the playoffs, look at this accomplishment. Now at the bare minimum, you know, making the NBA finals, but for many people, it's making the championship a reality is really the definition of success. And there is a very, very fair argument to be made that changing that expectation is a massive level of success and accomplishment for the franchise in general. But that when you can reach the point where fans get mad if you don't win a title is a statement of progress in and of itself. Now, that can be a hollow statement of progress if they don't actually do it, but it is still something that I find intriguing and want to see it moving forward. I will do a preview of that Warriors Blazers series at some point over the next couple days, not exactly sure when, going to try to have eric gunderson on who does lockdown blazers a friend of the show we're we're talking about doing it on thursday at some point during the day but we don't have that settled up yet so but make sure you'll know that it comes in and since the warriors game is on sunday it's even easier because after the game on sunday we'll have a lockdown warriors episode on that and then the slower schedule means more time in between to to do various things. I still don't know exactly how I want to handle everything that's going to go on. But of course, Locked on Warriors will go strong. For those of you who have not listened to it, can check out the podcast I did with Marcus Thompson on his book, Golden, the Stephen Curry, the miraculous rise of Stephen Curry. I like getting the subheading right. And that which came out on Tuesday. It was very fun to talk with him on launch day. He was very excited about that and appreciate all of you who have listened to that. It's one of the most listened to Locked on Warriors. Warriors in its history, which is very, very cool. And yeah, this is going to be going strong. Those of you who know me know that I love doing this and and really do enjoy it. So you can keep on checking it out. If you want to support the show, leave a rating, leave a review in the podcast player of your choosing. Also subscribe and download every episode. That's a a great way to show support for this show and really every other show. It might seem like a small gesture, but it is very important in terms of our our ratings and we take that to advertisers and everything else. And if you want to leave any feedback on the show, good, bad or indifferent, Daniel danieleru nba at gmail.com at on twitter if you take the time to write it i will take the time to read it i do not promise i will respond but i will i will promise that so i do that and yeah we'll, we'll have a new episode before game one i don't know exactly when it'll be but we'll have a new episode before game one and we'll see where this goes but thank you so much for coming along for the ride take care and make it a great day ace is place with the helpful hardware folks